0: Welcome to Jokub, podcast about Agile, Life and Monkeys. (laughs) My name is Jakub.
1: And I'm Joe.
0: Yeah, and together we are your co-hosts. Joe, tell us, who do we have with us today?
1: Well, we have someone very special to me. His name is Wayne Kingy. He was at the uh, Agile on the Beach 2020 uh, talking about mindfulness. Hi, Wayne.
2: Hey, guys. Um, It's great to be here. And good to catch up with you guys as well.
1: It's so good to have you. Thank you for joining us. Um, so this is a this is a continuation of our Agile on the Beach 2020 New Zealand series. Um, and you you did a talk about mindfulness. Is that right?
2: That's right. And um, I, I had a session on the Sunday uh, with a few people and talked them through at least uh, my understandings of mindfulness and gave them a, a few uh, processes that they could use to, to help them in their lives.
1: Right. So you just said two things that without knowing anything, I think about maybe the detail of what you're talking about, mindfulness and process. Um, I don't necessarily put those two things together. So for any of our other listeners who are going a bit cross-eyed when you say mindfulness, can you, can you get us on the same page as you? What do you mean by mindfulness and how can you have a process to do it?
2: it it's interesting, firstly, because the word Um, mindfulness is in in my opinion a a bit of a misnomer in Mm. that the last thing you want is an actual full mind Um, and um, I was taught to rather than try to control the mind or thoughts um, you seek to transcend the mind Um, the Japanese talk about a space they call no mind where the mind doesn't exist and so there's no need to control thoughts or Uh, be influenced by feelings um, and emotions. So um, over the years, I've come up with my own, I guess, process of getting into a mindfulness space. Uh, And I I just take people on that journey, show them a few uh, milestones along the way so they recognize that they're going in the right direction and maybe just describe the experience as they get to each milestone point um, so they understand uh, when they've reached a, a mindfulness state, what it looks like, what it feels like.
1: Um, nice. Um, before we go any further, I just want to add one more point of context for our listeners. Um, we know that you've talked at Agile on the Beach around mindfulness. What is it that you do? Why were you there talking about mindfulness? What, what is your, your job title and what, what's brought you to this point?
2: So um, my job title is as an Agile coach. Um, I am part of the Agile on the Beach uh, organizing crew um, and have been since um, the beginnings of Agile on the Beach. Um, and in the, the very first Agile on the Beach, I also took a session on mindfulness there, which went down um, quite well. So um, we thought it was a good way to introduce something like mindfulness. We also had a session on yoga. Um, So people could choose. You could also go for a walk around the mount. So it was a great way to kind of um, create a space on uh, the Sunday morning to kind of, um, I call it marinate. Marinate in (laughs) all of the learning, the ideas, Mm -hmm. maybe the shifts and perspectives and paradigms you experienced Mm -hmm. on the Saturday. And just providing a space where you could just let that sink into the to a deeper level and then set yourself up for um, some discussions uh, with the open spaces on the, on the Sunday afternoon.
0: Nice. So when you were talking about mindfulness, if we can just go back to this topic for a second, you mentioned the no mind idea. And I love it. And this triggered the thought in my mind around when I think about facilitation, I think about that as a facilitator, I try to be invisible and invisible and present at the same time Perfect. so i was kind of wondering if you can see some sort of relationship between these two concepts
1: i have another question do you have to be a jedi to do the job that you guys do because honestly (laughs) i need to be present and not present (laughs) empty mind but full mind
2: (laughs) absolutely it's um it It's actually, um, there are definitely similarities in both your um, coaching stance and um, a mindfulness practice Mm. in in that um, mindfulness really is about being fully aware and fully aware of everything in the present moment. And when you are fully aware of the present moment, um, there are no thoughts of the past future so in that space mind doesn't exist um, so when they say mindful it's really about completely putting your awareness and over time we've called it being mindful of um what you're doing uh, exercising in a mindful way walking on the beach in a mindful way being mindful of nature being mindful of your impact um on other people mm. um And to to Jakob's point, um, as a coach, being mindful of the space you want to create um, that allows people to to bring their their best selves, their authentic selves into the space and ensuring that there is a space for the conversation, space for innovation, space for reflection and exploration. Um, None of those things happen if there is no space, if our minds are so busy and so full of stuff, there is no space for exploration. There's just this continuous uh, running on a treadmill almost of thoughts.
1: You know, it's, it's so funny. We keep using these contradictory words or concepts to explain another concept. Uh, we, we talk about, um, you know, what you're talking about is space, but you're not talking about physical space. But, but it, I, I'm, I'm, I'm interpreting that when we talk about space, you know, a a coach making space for a conversation or for people to think or for people to act, it's, it's the sensation of space. It's not that it's physical space. It's the sensation that you have when you have lots of space, you're unencumbered um, you're free to move Uh, there, there. There are not obstacles in your way. And so, when we're talking about space in this context you're talking about it's not the physical space it's the inner space and it's not really space it's just we're trying to put how we feel when we have a lot of physical space uh we're saying that experience is very similar to how you feel inside your mind when you're able to perform or observe is that is that kind of am i interpreting that right
2: absolutely um perfectly and um in meditation practice, we, we talk about um, tools for meditation. And two of the um, tools that work hand in hand are attention and intention. Um, so in some basic um, meditation practices, you put your intention on something. And the, the most well-known one is your breath. You know, Putting attention on your breath brings you into the present moment. Um, but there's also um, a tool called intention. So um, bringing an intention into the space, um, I love the way you put it, an um, um, in, inner space that is, ref- uh, sorry, an outer space that is reflective of our inner space. So yeah. I might bring, um, as part of my coaching stunting, something I'm playing around with at the moment is the idea of compassionate coaching. In our current environment, Um a people first focus, and with compassion is what's what's needed. So I try to bring the intention of compassion and understanding to the outer space in which we are interacting as we meet, have workshops. Um, I try to bring that intent into that space and much the same way as what Jakob um, was suggesting, as a facilitator, um, by taking a step back and creating this, or holding the space for facilitation to happen, he is um, playing that third-person um, or even fourth-person perspective, where um, his role is is not to put content into the space, but to um, create the space for content to arise, emerge, to be explored, to be reflected upon. Um, and some people might say, um, is how is, in the physical at least, how would um, Jakob as a coach be participating in it? Because on the surface, it may be very um, limited actual participation, but the, um, the energy, the intent required to hold the space um, is actually quite intense for, uh, for a good coach.
0: It is, yeah. and I think that often it is in, invisible to uh, to an unstrained eye how much attention we need to pay and how much we need to act with intention so i, I love uh, I love all of this that what you're saying, Wayne, even if I 'm in a room and sometimes I go and sit down on purpose just to bring the room into a more relaxed kind of face exactly. and I can see that people actually relax and you you may see that, well, he just sit down because he was tired. No, 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 no. I just observed the room and I wanted to bring this relaxed, relaxed atmosphere to the meeting right now, to the session.
2: Absolutely. And sometimes in order to, um, we may step in to kind of guide and um, kind of shape the conversation, but not for our own benefit, for the benefit of the people having the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, as an example, if if someone, say, hasn't participated in the conversation for the last five minutes or so, we might say, okay, uh, Bob, you know, um, let's hear your thoughts on the topic. Um, so we ensure that every voice is heard within the space. But a- as you said, it could completely uh, be misinterpreted as um, not engaging w- when actually you're engaging more fully then rush the participant in the yes. conversation.
1: Okay. So I hear both of you talking and I'm kind of getting my head around this. Mindfulness is not a full mind. We need to create space, but it's not real space, but you're starting to get, you know, so like, I'm just kind of like getting my head around that, but then you're externalizing. You say, when you're in this moment, when you can, you can achieve this balance or at least touch on it, um, you're able to help people relax. You're able to um, uh, to allow you make it easier for other people to reach that state and have their own space. So you can facilitate kind of uh, an awareness in others if if um, if you're trying to do that. This still sounds very Jedi magical, uh, which is cool. And I'm not saying that this isn't important stuff or it's not valid. Um, but you're an agile coach, and right now. Um, I, I get that you're really interested in all this stuff and I'm like maybe making some links, but I haven't really related this to anything in delivery yet. So why is it important that we're able to have these skills as coaches when it comes to um, creating a productivity culture?
2: There's, um, I guess the two key uh, points for me is why um, uh, regular practice of mindfulness um, is important to me as an agile coach is um, one mindfulness is a great way to manage um, your inner space, your your own feelings and emotions. Um, we talk about um, in in the mindful space, you're able to connect with uh, everyone. Talks about their authentic selves. Well, um, I would call it your source self. Your source self is your authentic self, and it is free from. Um uh, the environment of your past, it is free from constantly thinking about uh, what could happen in the future. It is fully present in the moment, and then you can concretely deal with whatever you're feeling in the moment, but you're no longer identified or um, unconsciously reacting from um, the, say the influence of your past. And influence of the future, or what you're feeling in the moment, you can decide to make more conscious decisions, more conscious um, choices about what you say, how you say it. Um, you can make a more conscious observations about how people are interacting um, with your coaching with each other. And so it's a mindfulness space is um, really great at uh, getting you into Almost a conscious coaching mode versus unconscious or subconsciously reacting uh, based on your belief systems or um, whatever your past experiences may have been so that that's one key thing the other key thing for me is in a mindfulness space where you are free from um, the the influence of um, thoughts just going over and over again I, I always described it as having a a radio player playing in the background constantly. And um, if it's at a certain volume, then you can't kind of hear your own thoughts um, thinking. Yeah, You've just got these regular thoughts that are on automatic going 24 seven. Becoming mindfulness allows you to slowly turn down that noise. And then in that space, in that stillness, in that silence, This is where you have your most innovative ideas, your most deep reflections. This is the space where uh, problems you've been trying to solve mentally for so long, suddenly things just become clear. Um, You get a revelation, an idea that um, uh, could potentially solve a problem you've you've been trying to solve for a long time. All of that happens in this space Of mindfulness and only when you turn the radio of your thoughts down so you can't hear it anymore
1: that's great so if i'm a coach um which you know i am (laughs) Uh, but but as a coach um it might be worth me exploring mindfulness as a practice um because it sounds like it's 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 an enabling tool that gets me to places that will help me in my job. Because my job is quite often dealing with uh, or enabling or both with change, uh, not just change in an organization, but change in the way that people have perceptions on what they do in delivery so it's enabler to allow me to act with intent not with prejudice mm-hmm. which is nice so we we can say we if we understand the purpose of this change and who the players are i can act um in the conversation with them not at them i i'm not just saying we have to do this thing just do this thing i can say let's just talk about and make sure we understand why we're doing it and and now bring you into into that conversation and help you get to that purpose versus me having to tell you kind of manage you uh to there so there's there's a real benefit there i'm seeing is being able to act with intent um and and not bringing my prejudice or my preconceived ideas on on how they should do something into it so i love that mm-hmm. um and then the second bit you said was around innovation because um doesn't matter if you've been through Five transformations, ten transformation 100 transformations or trained one squad team or, or several um, there are some patterns that you will run into uh, again and recognize, but none of them are exactly the same and they all prob they all probably deserve a certain amount of innovation and unique approaches to um, to help them reach their best then. And so this is another state of mind that you can, you know, once you've eliminated the bias or lowered the volume on the bias, you can, you can, you can, you can recognize patterns and say, maybe that isn't the same pattern. Maybe there's a new opportunity. Maybe I don't have to repeat this thing that I've done a hundred times before. Maybe, maybe there's something better. Um, And so I I can see the value in that. It's, it's, it's funny. It's very intangible, but it, but it's also very applicable as well. (laughs)
2: absolutely in and, and if you're a process orientated um listener then um there's something called the ude loop i don't yeah. know if you're familiar with it um observe orientate decide and act now um in the space of mindfulness um and because it's and the reason why it's so closely linked to meditation is because it uses a meditation method, the, the witness method. Is it
1: just saying the name over and over again? Ooda. <laughs> is <laughs> no, that how you're no. supposed to meditate? Ooda.
2: It's that first word, the, the observation, becoming the witness. Um, yes. If you're fully present in the moment, you're able to observe um, more fully uh, what's right in front of you. Therefore, you're able to orientate um, what you're observing, and then make the best decisions possible because you've got a fuller amount of context of um, data to then orientate and decide on what the best action to take. Now, all of this is happening where? It's actually happening on in your inner space. Yeah, the only thing people see on the outside is the actual action um, that you take. So, um mindfulness is about creating that inner space to um so you're better at observing you're better at um orientating and then making the best decision possible so you can act in the most appropriate way in the moment
1: nice so mindfulness is the ood
2: it's the ood yes <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
0: yeah i love how you brought the intention into it um and um orienting yourself observing orienting and deciding um i think that if you make this as as a practice and it probably is not possible to you know to have this or maybe this maybe i'm just can't i don't know how i could do it but maybe it is possible just to be in this other loop all the time you know even if i'm making My breakfast, can I be in in the OODA loop making breakfast?
2: Yeah. and Is it dangerous
1: uh, to operate heavy machinery and be in the OODA loop?
2: It can be. It can be. Um, Yeah. You you have to be, uh, when you get more experience, you're able to kind of, it just becomes a way of being um, versus something that you have to practice and do. Um, While you're in the practice stage, yeah, I wouldn't um, try and do it while I'm driving or or stuff Mm. like that. Until you've reached the stage where it actually you just naturally are in this state most yes. of the time, anyway. Um, but um, I, I also, uh, as, as far as its value, um, the first I heard of the UDU, UDU Loop was in uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, and um, we were constantly, you know, you'd get shown a technique, and then you'd get a, a training partner to to work out the movement and, and get really good at it. And then, after what half an hour of practice, you came out thinking that you were going to choke everybody out with this one technique. <laughs> and uh, not understanding that um, as soon as you went into sparring, of course, they'd be resisting in hundreds of different ways you, you hadn't seen before. So, the ability to be able to observe the reactions and um, orientate, um, I guess, um, how those actions are con- reactions. Are connected to each other, so that you could make um, the most and most appropriate decision in the moment, allowed you to take the right actions, um, and it definitely it's it is something that requires um, repetition and practice. But um, the ability to be fully present um, will um, lead to more likely to excellence um, than than anything else I've practiced.
1: That's lovely. Are you currently in the OODA loop right now?
2: (laughs) I try and um, always remain in that mindfulness connected state as much as possible. Like um, Jakob said, um, most concepts, if you really want to gain any level of mastery, you have to practice them all the time. Mm. You know, it's not just something you do at work for five minutes when you do the dishes you want to be mindful when you're watching TV you want to practice mindfulness when you're eating food you want to practice that's your only way to, to mastery is to make it a, a way of life um, again which comes from the martial arts um,
1: can you read minds?
2: <laughs> no um, I don't. And I'm not sure i, I want to read mine. <laughs> Most of us are not really in control of our thoughts or our way of thinking. So, yeah. It, yeah.
0: Okay, question for you, for both of you. If you could choose being invisible, <laughs> flying, <laughs> and reading minds, which one would you choose? Ooh. Invisible, flying, or mind reading?
2: Definitely flying for me.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm with Wayne on that one. Flying without a doubt.
2: Yeah, it would be so convenient.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> traffic. Yeah, no traffic. You can go wherever you want. Uh, uh, but you you didn't actually speculate how fast we can fly. I think I, I think we're both yeah. assuming we can fly pretty fast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, I think um, we're 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 getting it getting sort of to the end of our podcast um wayne is uh, what's the best way for people to contact you if they want to talk to you more about OODA Loops, mindfulness or just to meet you
2: uh definitely um the most common method would be um linkedin I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm on LinkedIn. or um uh, facebook I'm, I'm i'm like i said I'm not really a social media guy, so those are probably the two most common ways to contact me. Um, I work for Westpac, so you could hunt me down there for a coffee, <laughs> for coffee um, at Britomart. Mart. Um, and it would be great to hear from from anyone, just for a chat. And Fantastic.
0: probably see you at the next Edge on the Beach conference in Nelson.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> awesome.
1: Thank you so much, Wayne. Thank you, Wayne.
2: Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you very much.